Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of Geek News 101. I am your host, The Geeky Taco, and this is the show where we inform you of all the biggest movie news and geek news overall that is going on in today's world. So, this will be a weekly episode on, this is not going to be a podcast, it was originally intended to be a video, but I felt a podcast would be a way better self. And in case you're not familiar, The Geeky Taco is a YouTube channel, so make sure you go subscribe to that right away. So, this will be a once a week podcast where I just tell you everything that happened that week on Geek News, whether it's movie news, TV show news, comic news, video game news, anything. Alright, let's get started with the first topic today, and that is Carnage as the main Venom and the standalone Venom movie. Now, the standalone Venom movie is, well, it's going to open October 5th, 2018, so that's next year, and they are going to start production pretty soon. We got Tom Hardy to play as Venom, which was a really, really great choice and everything. And right now, we don't know if it's part of the MCU or not, but we'll get to that next topic. But what we do know is that Carnage has been officially confirmed to be the main villain in the standalone Venom movie. Now, what does this mean? It means that we're getting effing Carnage. (laughs) What more could it mean? Like, this is every nerd's dream come true as Carnage is a villain that many, many Spider-Man fans and comic book fans overall have wanted to see on the big screen. So this raises many questions. Uh, is, are they doing the anti-hero Venom? Is Venom now going to be a hero? Are we getting Agent Venom like how we have in the comics right now? And they're about to pull the old switcheroo that Venom's going to be a superhero and that's why Carnage is the main villain. Or are we just getting the whole dynamic that they're both villains, but they still pr- gotta prove who's the tougher symbiote? So, that is my main concern for this movie right now. Because if it's not part of the MCU and we don't have Spider Man and all that, it, it doesn't make sense to have this movie. Now, the movie is gonna be rated R, so I'm expecting a lot of hardcore gore and all that. Especially that Carnage is, uh, is a serial killer. And Eddie Brock, as aka the Venom, is a cannibal, according to the comics. So, yeah, this movie needed to be rated R. So, who is going to act as the Carnage? We do not know. I kind of want the guy who acts as Joker and, um, and Gotham. Not that Jared Leto Joker. Oh, God, no. So, we have Carnage as the main villain. But, it just raises too many questions for me. How exactly are they going to pull this off and everything? What exactly is the story going to be? Like, it's just confusing me. If it doesn't have Spider-Man, I feel like this movie is going to struggle. Because you can't have Venom and Carnage without Spider-Man. Like, it just won't work. You need Spider-Man in this. And even if they do put Spider-Man... What kind of Spider-Man are they going to put in? Are we going to get the Tom Holland Spider-Man? Are we going to get the Miles Morales Spider-Man? Is it even... In, are, are we even going to get Spider-Man? But it's just... It's just hurting my brain. And then they're going to choose Craven the Hunter into this thing. And and Mysterio. And just like... Very amazing Spider-Man 2-ish. So... That is probably my big main concern with this right now. But we're getting Carnage. We're getting the Cletus character. He's Carnage, by the way, in case you didn't know. Or Cassidy, or whatever. I get confused. And that just raises so many questions for me. Like, like are they doing an Agent Venom movie? Because that's what I want to know. Are they doing an Agent Venom movie? But oh, I'm still excited for this movie. It's a rated R Venom movie, so we're all going to go watch it. 
I just want to see these two characters fight. Like I think that's all we really come down to. I just I want to see these characters fight. So what do you guys think about this party thing? Oh my god, this is crazy. All right, so let's move on to the next news. So Scarlett Johansson, aka Black Widow, teases that the Avengers: Infinity War is gonna be a star-studded film with not one, not two, not three, but 31 Marvel characters in this movie. She states in an interview when she was asked the question, how many people should we expect for Avengers Infinity War? And she just tells us, oh, uh, it's crazy. There was a scene where there was like 31 or 32 or 33 of us. And I was like, Jesus Christ, who could they have? When you add it up, it's when you add up all the Marvel heroes they have established, it does not add up to 33 people. Just do the math. We got the Guardians of the Galaxy. Whether that includes Mantis, we do not know. We got the Avengers. We got Black Panther. We got Spider-Man into this. Uh, who, who else do we got? We got... That's pretty much it! Unless they get the Netflix characters and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Inhumans in this. There's just not enough heroes. Um, unless they get those. And even then, I feel like they're not enough heroes, but at the same time, we need all these heroes in this movie, especially if we're going up the great um, Thanos, the guy with the Infinity Gauntlet. We are about to have a film where the main heroes are about to fight a guy with infinite power, and I do not just want to see like 15, 12 or 15 heroes just beat them up and everything in one film. Hell no, nah, I was not liking these comics. I want to see 30 superheroes. I want to see more than 30 superheroes. In the comics, I took every single Marvel character there was to defeat Thanos, and even then, they barely took him down. So I want to see a whole lot of superheroes, but movie-wise, 33, I don't, know how the, I don't know how the Russo brothers are going to pull this off, but I trust them. They've proven themselves with the Winter Soldier and Captain America Civil War that they can handle a big group of people, especially in Civil War. The whole airport scene, what was it, there like 15, 19 characters in that? But still, that's still a lot when you try to when you try to think of it. Because you remember, you gotta give everyone equal amount of screen time and make it look like they belong there. Do not just throw people in there for no reason and with no purpose. Everyone needs to have a purpose to be there and a reason why they're there. So that is what my thoughts on Scarlett Johansson's teases are. Oh my God! I just oh, I just hope the movie is good. Now another big breaking piece of news. The Han Solo movie lost its director, uh, or directors, over, over creative differences, and they were already 80% way of filming the movie. They started filming in January, and it's already June, we got six months of filming already done, and the directors just got fired because of creative differences. Phil and, Phil and, Phil Lord and Tim Miller, I love these guys, they know how to make good movies. They did it with 21 and 22 Jump Street. I want to see. I want to see how their version of Han Solo would have turned out to be, but I fr I'm afraid we won't get that. Most of the movie will obviously feel like their movie, as they did to have 80% of it filming, and there's no way they're gonna start over. It's too late for that now. But we did get a new director for the movie. Uh, Ron Howard, an Oscar-winning director, has taken the helm to finish the Han Solo movie. Uh, I'm just hoping we don't get. I'm just hoping we don't get a tone shift, if you get what I mean. I don't want to, I don't want there to be a part of the movie where, like, from the beginning to, like, 80% away for the movie, it feels like a Tim Miller movie, and then right after that, it's the tone shifts dramatically, and we can see 
when the news director come in. I don't want to be in theater saying, oh, yep, this is when the news director came and took over there. I don't want that. I hope we don't get that. It's exactly how I felt with the Fantastic Four reboot back in 2015, and that just completely killed it for me. As soon as we got that one-year mark, I felt like it was just done, and that really, really did disappoint me. So hopefully the Han Solo movie doesn't struggle with that as it does come out in May, May 19th of next year. I may have the release date wrong, but I do know it comes out in May. But I'm just hoping this film turns out well and we get a good Han Solo film because Han Solo deserves a good movie. I'm just, I just it might not be the movie that we were supposed to see, but uh, who knows? Another break, another big breaking piece of news is that Venom may take place in Spider-Man: Homecoming universe. I said that earlier in the beginning. I was that was supposed to be the last topic, but it just skipped over my mind till now. I'm sorry. That's just how I roll. All right. So we already knew we were going to get a Venom movie, but the big question was, is it going to be part of the MCU? And we kind of got our answer, kind of. In a recent interview with uh, Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal, Amy Pascal is uh, one of the producers for the Spider-Man Homecoming movie. He works with Sony, and Kevin Feige is obviously the, the guy controlling the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. They were being interviewed about the movie, and the, interview, and the guy interviewing them asked them, how does the Venom movie and all that fit in? And Amy Pascal answered with, oh, it's all connected with the Spider-Man Homecoming universe. She didn't say Marvel Cinematic Universe. She said, she said Spider-Man Homecoming Universe, but that is connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So obviously, yeah, because no-brainer, duh. So she herself confirms it, kind of, because if you see in that interview, Kevin Feige is having that face of, he just has that face like, oh, crap. Uh, like the, they like he's just like uh, no, 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 have, uh, he just looks confused like he doesn't know what he's talking about so that kind of worries me I'm hoping that's not the case because I do want to see an R-rated Venom movie with Carnage in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because if it is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that fixes all the issues it's the best way to go for it especially since that there's Spider-Man established and that Marvel will be there helping Sony uh, with this project because after the Amazing Spider-Man I cannot trust Sony to handle a Spider-Man cinematic universe on themselves. I I prefer it when Marvel's helping them because Marvel knows how to run the ship and all that. So I'm just hoping it's part of it. But also, Kevin Feige did make a statement earlier this week counter-arguing that, kind of, he, someone, has sa- how, someone had asked him a question about the interview saying, is it really part of the cinematic universe? And, you know, being all that blah, blah, blah. And Kevin Feige just responded with, uh, we are the so Kevin Feige stated that the Sony contract with Marvel is to do Spider-Man: Homecoming, the two Avengers films, which is Avengers: Infinity War Part One, Part Two, and the Spider-Man: Homecoming Two. That is it. And uh, Sony has uh, Tom Holland locked down for spi- up to Spider-Man: Homecoming Three, but the Marvel deal is up to Spider-Man: Homecoming Two. So that raises a little concern right there. But Kevin Feige does also state that. We are building up to our Spider-Man, like Spider-Man is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we are building up to him, and once the concept expires, you will see him leap into a brand new cinematic universe. Now, we don't know what that means, but he says, when you think about it, leap into a new cinematic universe, but yet still be part of this cinematic universe. So what I'm thinking, are they going to do a Netflix thing in a way, not have the Spider-Man be on Netflix, obviously, but if you look at the Netflix characters like Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, 
Iron Fist, the Defenders, and the Punisher, you see that they're part of the MCU, technically, but they're never mentioned in the movies, or they barely mention the movies in the TV show. The only time they mention it is when they say, oh, the incident, which is what referencing uh, the Battle of New York, but they are not connected. <laughs> like, yeah, they are, but when you look at it, they're kind of not connected, but they're just these little tiny ties that make it somewhat connected. So I feel like that's what they're going to do with Spider-Man, Venom, and all that poor little Netflix thing where they're connected, but barely. Like, they're just little tiny little nods and everything that make it connected, but it's still like its own thing at the same time. I feel like that's what we're going to get with Spider-Man from in the, in the future. Uh, we don't know. Only time will tell. Let's move on. So the Friday the 13th game was a big success, and... And Friday the 13th might be doing great in video game sales. Heck, I play it. I try to do 24 hour live stream, but had some technical difficulties. I was able to do 9 hours. But it only makes sense for a studio to try to continue the franchise movie wise. We had that Friday the 13th reboot back in 2009. I thought it was just trash. It felt too much of a teen sex movie over a slasher movie. It just felt stupid. That was not Friday the 13th. And they've been trying to make a sequel for it, but it recently got cancelled. And I am so happy it got cancelled. I know some people are going to hate me saying, Oh, but Jason Taco, uh, we need it, we want another Spider-13 movie. Why are you happy it got cancelled? Before you start doing that, just let me say, if you saw the story, they wanted to focus on Jason's dad and his past and everything and his childhood. And I just thought that it was just trash. And I'm like, hell no, that's not Friday the 13th. No one wants that. That is just horrible. We do not need that. So it did get cancelled, which I'm happy for. So we don't get stuck with that trash story. But right now, Friday the 13th rights could end the franchise right now. There's a dispute over the rights. Some people, there's like lawyers involved in everything. Some people are arguing who the rights belong to. The guy who created, like the man who actually created it, are saying the rights is him. But the studio that funded the project back in the 80s is saying no, that it's theirs. So we do not know who the rights belong to as of right now, and if they do not settle this, we may not get a Friday the 13th film in a really long time, which does disappoint me, because I do want to see another Friday the 13th film. I want to see all the original flashers. I want Freddy Krueger to get his comeback. I want another Friday the 13th. I want another Chucky movie that's not direct-to-video, because we are getting some direct-to-video ones. I want a reboot of Scream. Like, what I feel like they should do is pull a dark universe, because uh, The Mummy, which Tom Cruise is part of this dark universe, where it's a cinematic universe, they're doing it as a classic um, universal monsters. So The Mummy, Frankenstein, Dracula, uh, The Invisible Man, uh, The Phantom of the Opera, all those classic universal monsters are getting rebooted, and they're all going to be part of a cinematic universe. It's interesting and everything, but The Mummy's supposed to launch it, and it, so far it's not doing too much of a good job uh, domestic-wise, but worldwide-wise, uh, it's making its money. Hopefully we do get those other movies because I do want to see those. But I want to see a Friday the 13th cinematic universe with the Freddy Krueger, with Chucky, with ne with the Needle Face, with uh, Scream. I want to see it. I want to see all those slashers in the same world. I think that could be a really interesting concept. Whether we'll get it, only time will tell. Do I think we're gonna get it? I doubt it. At this point, I don't think I don't think we will ever get. It this cinematic universe, but I do hope we get another Jason movie. That is probably the big concern for me. Let's move on to the next thing. So, Michael Bay 
has finally confirmed he is going to leave the Transformers series after the last night, which did open this week. If you have not seen the last night, I will not spoil the movie for you. So, but I will tell you what I thought. I loved it. A bunch of people hated it. I'm getting so much crap for loving that movie right now. But Transformers is my guilty pleasure. I, according to the critics, that kept getting worse and worse. But for me, I thought they kept getting better and better. Like, I had some people who agreed with me up to this Transformers The Last Night. Where they loved the last four, but they didn't like this fifth movie because of continuity issues and all that. And I see that. But when you really look at it, come on, guys. It's a movie of based off an 80s cartoon that is based off toys. It's, this is just a movie about robots that transform to cars and come on there is no nostalgia there is no lore we shouldn't care we shouldn't expect too much we shouldn't expect these oscar worthy stories i love the transformers movies for what they are they're just dumb action movies that's all i saw it for if you're expecting these high class entertainment movies guess what you're not gonna like it you're going to be disappointed and you should feel like a dumbass for trying to think that these are going to be high class entertainment movies that actually have good continuity and everything. No! This is Michael Bay we're talking about. He doesn't give a shit about continuity. He doesn't give a crap about making it like the timeline makes sense and everything. No! This is Michael Bay. He just cares about explosions and doing all this nonsense. And guess what? That is exactly what I want from Transformers movie. Because at this point, after the second movie or third one, I gave up on the story. Guess what, Michael Bay? If you don't care about a good story, then I don't effing care either. How are you supposed to make me care about the story if you just don't care? So that's why after the second one, I just said, F it, I'm just gonna sit down and enjoy these movies for what they are as dumb, silly action movies. Just give me robots fighting each other. Just give me dumb, fun action. Just give me a dumb, fun story. I don't care if it makes sense. I don't care if it's a continuity thing, I don't care if it's, if it's aligned with, if it's like, if it's, I can't even think of the word, I don't care if it's actually continuing the story in, in a, like, in a making sense way, I don't care about that, you guys, I at the end of the day, I just want to see giant robots fighting, and I always appreciated Michael Bay for that, he delivers on the action, and that's all I want from these movies, so, let's, I'm getting off topic here, so, many people have been complaining that they want Michael Bay to get out of this, uh, to get out of this franchise, and I see why they'll get it, yeah, I get it, they want a good story, they deserve a good story, I would, I would love to see a Transformers movie with a good story, with good action, good story, guess what, if we got a Transformers movie that has all that dumb, silly action, but at the same time has an amazing, compelling story with true character arc and all that, Yes, I'm gonna, yes, that's gonna, it's gonna make me dizzy, that's gonna be amazing, that's gonna be, that's gonna be when a, when a Transformers movie gets taken seriously at the Oscars, crying out loud, that's how good it, I think that it could be, whether we'll get it, I don't know, but Michael Bay is saying that Transformers The Last Night is his last film that he will be directing, but keep in mind, he said that after the third film, he ended up doing the fourth one, and he did say that he was, that the fourth one was going to be his last one as well. He said it twice. This is his third time saying it, so that's why I'm like, is it really your last time? I hope it is, and I hope it isn't really. I'm in the middle. I, I can care less if he leaves or, or if he leaves the stage. 
because I even like this film so far. I don't care what you guys say, I like this film. But we are getting a Bumblebee spin-off movie next year on June 8th or June 9th is one of those days of 2018. And it is going to take place in the 80s. So guess what? People were complaining that how is it Bumblebee was in World War II and when he's and how in the first movie he crash landed here so it doesn't make sense like wait in the first movie he crash landed here but in this movie he's going to be in World War II. And guess what? This movie says he's in the 80s. Who cares? Just give me a good movie. We got the Kubo and the Two Strings director directing this movie. We got Haley Steinfeld in the star leading movie. If you do not know who she is, go watch The Edge of Seventeen. Edge of Seventeen was effing awesome. That was the most underrated movie. More people should have seen it last year. Go watch it. So she, so she is the, the lead in this movie. It's going back to the roots of the first Transformers movie of a kid in their car. This time with a female. And I think, I'm hoping Bumble, Bumblebee is a buggy like he was in the cartoon. Because it takes place in the 80s and all that. But... We just got to see a trailer, and yes, I am excited for that. So, do I think Michael Bay is gonna leave? Fifty, I'm fifty-fifty on that. After his last two state, he said it two times already that he's gonna go. Even Mark Wahlberg doesn't think he's gonna, he's gonna leave this franchise. So, yeah, I kind of doubt. I kind of want. I kind of doubt it, you guys. Like, come on, fool me once. Like, come on, that whole bullshit. But. Yeah, let's see what else we got. Let me see my notes. Uh, Fantastic Four is the other one that was that was making me mad. We are the 20th Century Fox is the studio that fucked up the Fantastic Four not once, not twice, but three epic times. How in the world do you do that? The first time was excusable because we were like, oh, okay, it's a, we're like, all right, I, I guess. Accurate to the comics, and ultimately the second one was just god awful. This one was the 2015 one was horrible, tremendous. It was just horrible. That was dog shit. That was just the worst comic book movie of all time. And I am the guy who who hates Batman versus Superman to the core. And the fact I think something worse is the fact I think there is a movie that makes that film look like an epic Oscar-winning movie is just sad. So 20th Century Fox, you tried three times. Just give the rights back to Marvel. We do not need another Fantastic Four reboot, especially if you want it to be about Reed Richards and Sue Storm's children. No one's asking for that. And you want to give it an Incredibles tone? Guess what? If I want to see a movie with the Incredibles tone, I would watch The Incredibles. Or better yet, I would wait till next year when The Incredibles 2 comes out. We do not need another Fantastic Four movie. Give the rights back to Marvel. No one wants you to make another one of these movies. You're effing this franchise up. We do not want this. Just please, just stop. No one, and I mean no one, wants this. This is just horrible. Like, how are you gonna f this one? How are you effing this up? Like, no, no one's asking for this. Like, please, just, just stop. You're, you're embarrassing yourself at this point. Oh god, that's all I can say about that. That is just, god, awful. 
time to check my notes here. I'm going on a rant right here. Let me see any good news we got this week that would calm me down. Hopefully we did. So this week has been some pretty good news, some pretty bad news. Uh, Alright, here we go. Deadpool 2 has started filming. Alright, I'm super excited for Deadpool 2. The first Deadpool was by far one of the greatest comic book movies of all time, just for it being very accurate to the source material. And we have to thank Deadpool for opening the gateway to R-rated movies. Uh, Logan was rated R. Logan, for me, is just an epic masterpiece. It is by far... Uh, I'm just... If you have seen my YouTube channel, you would know that for the longest time ever, I have always considered the first Avengers movie the greatest comic book movie ever made. And many many of you will, will disagree with me and give it to The Dark Knight. And guess what? I like The Dark Knight a lot. The Dark Knight is for sure up there for one of the greatest comic book movies ever made. I, I, would, just be I would just be a Marvel douchebag if I didn't put The Dark Knight up there for, my greatest, for one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. But I just feel like The Avengers did just did it just did so much more better than the source material of the comics and everything that the Dark Knight didn't do for me. And I just, uh, just the Avengers was just amazing. But then we got Logan, and if Logan wasn't rated R, which we had to thank Deadpool for that, I don't think it would have been as close to as good as it was. Logan was just amazing. The characters, the story arc, the character arc, the goodbye to the Logan, the Wolverine character, as this is the final Wolverine movie we're ever going to get with Hugh Jackman, the emotion this movie had, the character development this movie this movie had for, new, for brand new characters, the fact that it was a major improvement from all the other X-Men movies, it didn't even feel like an X-Men movie, the fact that they called it Logan showed that Fox had the balls to do something different, and I respected them for that, so... I might have to I go back and forth for what's better, Logan or The Avengers. When we look at it just movie-wise, not comic book movie-wise, just movie-wise, Logan beats The Avengers, just like, period. But when we, when we look at it from a comic book movie perspective, that's tough. But let's go back to the topic. So Deadpool 2 has started filming, and we got a picture of, uh, of Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds in the Deadpool costume, in front of the X of the X-Men mansion, just laying in front, and he had tweeted that picture with the caption, uh, knocked at the door, big surprise, no one's home. I just thought that was hilarious, the, the campaign, the campaign for these movies have been genius, the first movie, the way the camp, the way the marketing was, was just perfect, like, it was different, it was, it respected the, the character very, very well. It kept, it showed you what kind of movie you're going to watch, what kind of movie to expect, and what kind of humor to expect, and that you're getting in for a great comedy. And so far, this is what looks like the second one's going to end up being. And I just hope that Deadpool 2 with Cable, Josh Bowen's going to be Cable, by the way. He also plays Thanos. But I'm just hoping Deadpool 2 is just as good as the first one, if not better. Like, Deadpool, I cannot wait for your sequel. Like, Oh, I'm just so excited. Deadpool opens next year, by the way. And, um, yeah. Let's see what else we got this week, because we did get a lot. 
a lot of movie news this week. Uh, Alright, here's another one. This one came out last week, but it's just a little topic I wanted to talk about, especially for this first episode. So, um, there's always this thing going on about fanboy wars and all that. And yes, I admit, I too am a big... I, I participate in these wars every now and then. Am I proud of it? No. And I, do I think fanboy wars between Marvel and DC should end? Yes. But Kevin Feige, the guy who runs Marvel, stated that there is no Marvel versus DC rivalry and when it comes to Marvel Studios. Like, they do not hate DC. They appreciate DC for what they do. What does that mean? That means Kevin Feige is pretty much saying that, they, that Marvel needs DC to do good. And DC needs Marvel to do good. They both rely on, on each other. They both like each other. And it's just us, the fanboys, who are being assholes and are just doing this unnecessary fanboy war. And that we are just being assholes, you guys. We just need to stop this fanboy war and appreciate both studios for what they are. It's okay to prefer one over the other, but don't diss the other one and all that. For me, Batman vs. Superman, for me, I thought was garbage. But guess what? I don't think DC in general is garbage. Because Wonder Woman. I love Wonder Woman. I love the Dark Knight. I love the Dark Knight trilogy. I love that. I just didn't like Batman vs. Superman, Man of Steel, or Suicide Squad. I didn't like the first three DCEU movies. But Wonder Woman, I effing loved it. It's one of my favorite movies of the year right now. And, uh, Civil War. And just talk about Marvel. Civil War. I loved it. That doesn't mean I love every single Marvel movie. I'm not a Marvel dick writer. Hell no, I'm not one of those epic assholes and all that. Fuck that. I, I like Civil War. I thought it was better than Batman vs. Superman. That is my opinion. Now, does, does it mean I like everything Marvel produces? No. Did I like Thor The Dark World? No. Did I like the first Thor movie? No. Did I like Iron Man 3? No. Did I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was the best movie this year? Did I think it was better than Wonder Woman because it was Marvel? No. Of course not. I, no, we just need to learn how to respect that. And Kevin Feige is stating that if DC does bad with their movies and everything, it's going to hurt not just Marvel, but the whole comic book genre. Because if people see that these DC movies are doing bad, then that's going to turn them off from the other Marvel movies and from the future DC movies hurting both companies. And that is not good. And the same goes for Marvel. If Marvel makes shitty movies, guess what? It's going to hurt the comic book genre. The mainstream audience will be like, oh, they're going to be like, for example, let's say, let's say Thor Ragnarok sucks. They're going to be like, oh man, Thor Ragnarok was a piece of crap. Oh, that Justice League doesn't, oh, and then, oh, because when they see how Justice League is, and they see how, how previous DC films have been, they're going to be like, oh, so what, it's going to hurt the, 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 the genre is what I'm trying to say here, you guys. And that is, that is just, no, we cannot, no, it's just us fanboys who are hurting the genre, and we just need to respect, we just need to respect it. So, that is, I wanted to get that off my chest, because that is an issue I feel like we've been having, especially in today's day of age with the internet and all. I just, I guess we need to learn how to talk, you guys. Alright, let's get to the part where we talk about, when we talk about early reactions. So we get so there. Or an early reaction is it, it's pretty much right there in the title. I'm gonna say a movie that hasn't come out. It doesn't come out till next week, maybe, or it doesn't come out till a couple months from now. But we did get like early reviews from the Rotten Tomato score. The first.
first one I want to talk about is Baby Driver. Now, Baby Driver is getting a lot of positive, uh, it's getting a lot of positive reviews right now. It has 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's an Edgar Wright film. I love Edgar Wright's favorite film, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I thought that was a really good movie of his. And Baby Driver is supposedly his greatest one, so I'm really excited. I'm going to go watch that this Wednesday when it comes out. And I will do a review on it on my TV Talks channel, so make sure to look out for that. But the film just looks... Well, critics are saying that it's too new, that the music is great, that the main character has an interesting story arc throughout the whole thing, and that his struggle and the whole plot of the movie is just pure genius. Another film that is getting praise is War for the Planet of the Apes, and that is one of my most hyped films of this summer. I love Planet of the Apes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I thought was amazing. And then when Dawn of the Planet came, came out, that was a step higher. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then now, apparently, according to these early reactions, War of the Planet of the Apes, it's another step higher. So I'm like, oh my god. If these reactions are true, guys, we could be looking at the greatest trilogy that we've had in a long time this decade. I am so excited for this third Planet of the Apes movie. This Planet of the Apes movie has done so much for, like, it has... I feel like this Planet of the Apes movie has evolved, has evolved special effects. When you see the CGI, when you see the apes from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, they look real. They look believable. Everything looks so real. I love that. The cinematography is beautiful. The stories for these movies have been genius. Caesar is one of the greatest protagonists protagonist in cinema right now. I love Andy, Andy Serkis as Caesar. And I want I want to see how the story continues on to the third one, and I want it to wrap right here. Would I want to see a fourth Planet of the Apes? Yeah, but I want I just but this is a trilogy, and I just want it to end my trilogy right here. Like if we as long as this movie's good, I'm gonna buy this trilogy on Blu-ray and and just say yep, I have my perfect trilogy. I have it. I cannot wait. I'm so happy. Now the other movie that got early reactions and it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes as well and it's a movie that's quite shocking to have 100% because the first movie was so bad that I mean it was god awful that it was one of the worst movies that year and that movie came back came came out back in 2014 and that movie of course is Annabelle creation now the first Annabelle movie was just god awful a year before that we did get The Conjuring I liked the first Conjuring then we got Annabelle and I was like oh my god it's like the garbage this is just garbage they did not the story didn't make sense they chose the wrong time to, they chose like the wrong period of the Annabelle story to tell a story about they didn't do the origin which was which I thought was stupid but this one is doing the origin so I feel like I feel like Annabelle creation should have been the one we got back in 2014 but we didn't for some reason we got this stupid ass story with the baby and all that it was just god awful don't, don't bother watching it then we got the conjuring 2 which i love out of that conjuring cinematic universe yes this is the whole cinematic universe we're gonna spin off for crying out loud the nun's getting their movie and cooking man is getting his own movie hell yeah and we are getting the conjuring 3 but the, the conjuring 2 as of right now is my favorite it's my favorite one part of that whole universe and now we got Annabelle 2 with 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. People are saying that character development is really good. These are characters, the main characters, especially the young girl, are characters that you actually care about and get invested into and their story and the backstory. 
whole Annabelle story, you get invested into it. You're interested in it. You want to see more. It scares you, but it, not by the old typical jump scares and everything. The director played it smart and did creative ways to scare it that fit into the plot and it feels smooth and it feels like it belongs there. It doesn't feel forced in like a bunch of horror movies where they get forced in a jump scare just just to have a jump scare. She's, according to the critics, she's so fluent and all that. And Annabelle opens this August and I will be watching that movie. The trailers didn't really sell, didn't really sell me because it looked, it looked the same as the other films. It looked the same as the other ones. It looked stupid, but this one, this one got me. All right, this this one did get me. All right, let's talk about. Let's see what else did we talk about. So there is a lot of movie news. You know what? Let's let's let's, let's stop for movie news for the podcast today. I'm still going to keep this podcast going right now, but let's talk about movie news. I felt like I talked about enough about films. We'll wait till next week when we get a whole batch of movie, movie films. Alright. Let's talk about video games. E3 just happened. Now, there's always that debate who, went, who won E3 and all that, but this year we did have a clear winner who won E3, and that was Nintendo with Super Mario Odyssey. And Metroid Prime 4. Now, Super Mario Odyssey looked fabulous. That looked gorgeous. Like the the graphics look beautiful for a Nintendo game. And the way the creativity going into this game and the gameplay mechanics are just pure genius. I love what they're doing with this game. The fact that you can use your hat as a weapon and use it to take over uh, other people or animated objects. You be T Rex. You you be a frog in this game. You know how awesome it is? You're just a Mario game. You could be a frog and a T-Rex. Uh, let's see, a light bulb, electricity, a light, um, a light post. Like, that is just really fun. That looks fun. Open world game. It looks creative. The gameplay looks really good. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for this. But Metroid Prime 4 was the big shocker at E3. I never thought we'd ever get a Metroid Prime 4. I, th- I knew eventually we'd get another Metroid game. I know home console, not a portable one, because we haven't been to those every now and then. We also getting uh, another Metroid game on a 3DS, but let's talk about Metroid Prime 4. Because I knew on the Switch, the, the biggest F up on the on the Wii U is that we didn't get a bunch of a bunch of first party games that we were hoping. Like they took forever to do uh, Star Fox and uh and Smash Brothers. But this film right here, this not film, this this console right here, the Nintendo Switch, is look. They're learning the lessons. The, the console came out back in March. They're doing really good in sales. They had a good launch title with the Legend of Zelda. Arms is coming out. Pokemon comes out later this year. And yes, I'm I'm trying to buy a Switch. I want one. I just say, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. It just looks interesting. Mario Odyssey is another one coming out this year. But Metroid Prime Four is a game we thought we'd never get. And we are actually getting it. It's in development right now, so I'm, I don't think we're I don't think we're not getting it this year for sure. I don't think we're getting it next year. I think next year we would just get like trailer, a little bit of gameplay. But I, th- I think in 2019 we're getting a Metroid Prime 4, and I am really excited. It is, it is not going to be developed by by the people who uh, who developed the the first three. Nintendo themselves is devel- is developing this game, so it caught my interest. Another game that caught people by shock because it actually looks well, for, to a bunch of people, it doesn't look good, but to me, it did look good. And uh, to the people who played it, they said the game mechanic is really genius and all that. And just the idea 
just the idea of the game existing in the first place is really stupid, but they said the gameplay is really addictive and really fun tonight, of course, talking about the Mario and Rabbids uh, crossover. We didn't get much, I didn't see the gameplay or anything of it, but the trailer looks, it looks decent. I, I feel, I, I kind of want to hate it, but then I feel bad because the creator of the game, or just the creator of the game, it was on was like in the crowd crying of how because he was just so proud of his accomplishment and this is his first game ever doing and I'm like oh man I don't I don't want to just like I don't just don't want to just hate this game but IGN and a bunch of other people our sources are saying that the gameplay is really fun it's really addicting and this could be a big Nintendo Switch hit when you just look at the when you just look by the when you just look past the shitty concept that the game has. Now let's talk about the big game that came out of E3, the real true game. Spider-Man for the PS4 has a release date and we got a gameplay trailer. It is not coming out till uh, 2018 and I was disappointed me. I was hoping because we, we got a trailer for it last year at E3, so I was hoping we get it this year, but we're getting it next year, but it's okay. Alright. What did this trailer show us? We saw how the gameplay mechanic works, a little bit of Arkham Asylum, in a way, or like Arkham Knight, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City games, like the, the game mechanic, it, it would look like that, but with a lighter tone, because it's Spider-Man, they couldn't do like this, this dark, gray, blue tone for a Spider-Man game, it wouldn't work, no. Uh, we see, we see how the gameplay is, uh, the creator said that this game isn't based off any movies, isn't based off any comic book storyline, I mean, this is their own interpretation, this whole, it's a new story for the Spider-Man character. And this trailer does show a Miles Morales at the end, which I thought was amazing. I was geeking out over that. Uh, let's see. We in this game, Spider-Man's gonna be in his twenties, already having a job, already graduated from school, being a scientist and all. So, yeah, it looks interesting. I don't. I just don't like the the big Spider-Man. The like the white that white spider he has on his chest. That's the only thing I don't like. But this game looks really fun. Uh, the little mechanics that they have for it, like, if you notice in the Spider-Man Homecoming trailers, there's a scene in the bow where he shoots, like, this little thing, which explodes into this web net, and it looks like they're adding little mechanics like that into the game, his eyes are able to move, and all that, like, in the Spider-Man Homecoming one. So I thought, I th I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm hyped for this game, I, I'm gonna buy this game for sure. Uh, another game I did want to talk about was Crash Bandicoot uh, Insane Trilogy. They are remastering the original three Crash Bandicoot games. And they did a side-by-side -side comparison of how it was back then and how it is now. It is a huge difference. Like, back then, it just, like, polygons and all that. And right here, it looks beautiful. And beautiful fur K. And yes, they do call it fur K. Ah, Sony, I'm going to stop being crazy. Alright. So, that... It comes, out it comes out this Friday. There's really not much talk about it. If you play the other Crash Bandicoot games, just expect it. Just expect the same game, but better graphics on the PS4. It's going to be 40 bucks for all three games. I am buying it on Friday for mine. Sign me up for this game. So that is all I want to talk about this podcast. This has been Geek News 101, Episode 1, filmed on June 24th, 2017. Now, what did you guys think about this podcast? I am going to upload it to iTunes, and it, I was, you can find it on YouTube as well, audio file only. And... Yep, that is just this episode right here. Uh, this will be every week, every Saturday, you will get a, a podcast episode, maybe Sundays if my Saturdays are too crowded. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, 
and as always, keep your taco out.